Hey, Tim. Hey, Dan. You have a joke? I think so. I'm hesitant. You read me a few before we started. If it's, if it's along the same lines, I'm concerned. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you one mm. with a backup second? Yeah, go for it. Just in case the first is horribly inappropriate. No, just bombs. Okay. It's just going to bomb. Dan, can you imagine if you walked into a bar and there was a long line of people waiting to take a swing at you? That's the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait, wait, wait. I'll do a proper one. I do like that. That is funny. It takes a second to be like, what? Oh. <laughs> the punchline. Um, all right, all right. Let me do this one. This is a bit twisted. Mm. That's the whole article I'm looking at. 50 mm. twisted jokes. Did you know, Dan, I have a fish that can break dance? Hmm. Only for tw- 20 seconds, though, and only once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. And I'm Tim. And we are the Two Drunk Accountants. Mm, let's do this, Dan. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need like a, yeah. a music button on here. It's like... We do have a button that's not being used. So, I mean, That is true. There's a spare button on the pad here. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Tim. What is the Tim and Dan how was your week? Well, my fortnight. Well, how was your fortnight? So, apologies, everybody. Yes. We simply ran out of time. We don't do that often. No. I think there might have been once, maybe twice, mm. apart from this time in yeah. the history of our podcast where we haven't released an episode or at least informed you we weren't going to release an episode. It's pretty hectic. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened. But, uh, but hey, we're here today. That's the main thing. We're here today. We're back. We'll be back every week. Mm. Uh, and we're excited to be back. There is a lot to report, I think, from the last fortnight. Yeah. All right. Uh, first of all, we caught up with Ryan. Ryan. Loyal listener of the show. Loyal listener. Fellow accountant. Fellow accountant from good old Victoria. Yes. Hello, Ryan. That was good. It, it was, was good. good. To get it, some feedback on... It, it uh, was good. He, he let us know that he um, would actually not funny... Uh, we're that's no right, good. That's true. That's true. Uh, he actually got, you know, wrote in to tell us to stop recording, which is yeah. why we took a week off. It was nice of him to take the time to talk to us. Uh, <laughs> sorry for wasting an hour of your time, right? Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. He 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 enjoyed enjoys the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and we enjoyed speaking to Ryan. So we'd love to speak to anyone else. You know, if you just got ten minutes to have mm. a chat. Mm. Uh, we we'd love or just write in. Someone wrote to yep. us during the week. Um, we love hearing from you. So send us a message. We'd love to uh, say good day. Now there's a few other updates along that line as well, Dan. Okay, I believe. Okay. Um, we may have a winner for our scarf competition. We may have a winner, Tim. Um, now we we had several of great reviews <laughs> come in. Uh, several several great ones so I mean look if you're listening right now and you didn't put a review in and you're not getting a scarf hand crocheted by one Dan Osborne and this is going to take more effort for me in post but (laughs) f*** you (laughs) 
Are you going to beep that? Yeah. Uh, that is... Uh, seriously, though, if you didn't put a... If you didn't even message in, you would have literally been a name in a very small hat <laughs> to win a scarf. So, you've only got yourself to blame. Next time, just participate. I think just that's the message. Just, all you want is to participate. So, mm. we did have, though, some listeners write in. A yeah. few listeners sent and us reviews great. and a few listeners sent messages. We had, uh, I believe, uh, Kate Beggs, a friend of ours, wrote us yes. a message. Sire um, Jingledon. Sire Jingledon. We had, um, um, I don't know how to say this backwards, Heck Richardson. <laughs> Richardson Rutchinson Oh Rutchinson Heck Rutchinson Yeah Um, Right in (laughs) Uh, And then we had a few other great people So Winner of most patient drunkie um, When we eventually get around to speaking to her Via Zoom Wrote in a great review um, And she just wanted to participate So shout out Shout out there as well Mm. Uh, But Liked, Liked my joke like no, yeah, well, no, th- uh, that was someone else who liked oh, your joke. Oh, sorry, Tim. sorry. Someone else liked your joke. I preempted. I know, and that's a surprise for me too that more than one liked your jokes. But <laughs> but but we had a message. Um, so it, it's it's come down to two people in my okay, mind. Okay, um, okay, okay. It's come down to Alita, a yeah. hall. Yep. You know who you are because mm-hmm. you seem like a wonderful person. Yes. Uh, and you you enjoyed Tim's joke, and you were keen on the scuff. You're keen on the scarf. Yeah, she was very keen on the scarf, which is a pos- that's a positive. Yeah, and then we had another really nice person write in, wrote mm. us a lovely message. I'm not even sure that they knew about the scarf competition. <laughs> if I can be completely honest with you, they may soon. Maybe they'll catch up yeah. on the final this seven might, episodes. This might be the positive reinforcement version of the time you scored a free Apple Watch from MYOB. <laughs> you know, ironically, it didn't make me use MYOB more. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's come down to these two people, um, Carolyn mm, and Alita. And Alita. Tim, who do you think should win? <sighs> well, it's, it's actually a practical, it's going to be a practical answer here. So, yeah. unfortunately, Alita is a loyal listener in the US. Mm. And Dan, we prefer to deliver things in person. So, mm. at the moment, that's not possible due to COVID. Yeah. Um, so, I think that narrows it down. So you In think my mind, the winner of the scarf mm. for nicest message slash best review, yes, goes to Carolyn. Carolyn Hancock. I believe so. I think we've got a winner. <laughs> no, wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, if uh, congratulations, if congratulations, Carolyn. If, if you've listened to which you state you have most of episodes, <laughs> you will know that, yeah, it's going to come your way. Uh, at some point. At some point. So, we, gonna... w- winter is coming. My time is short. <laughs> but I'm going to do my best to crochet you a scarf. But what we can say is thank you for everyone who did send in a message. Yes. And a review online. Thank you. that was very much appreciated. If, if this is a wild success, then maybe we'll do it again someday. <laughs> if this was. <laughs> are you saying... <laughs> You sound a little uncertain there, Dan. No, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Look, I mean, it was an idea I had on air yeah. one time. Yeah, no, it was good. It's obviously not a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Our right. listeners like to listen. They don't like to talk. No, they don't or, want to participate. participate. That's fair enough. Hey, I don't blame them. That's fine. Um, so, Tim, 
Mm. What were you about to say? I was just going to say, well, is it time for now just a personal update, Dan, what you've been doing in the last fortnight? Sure. Yeah. How's your personal life going? Tell Pre- me. Pretty good. Yep. To good to great. Good to great. Good to great, I'd put wow. it. Wow. Um, what did I? What have I done? Uh, you know, I'm just I'm going through some some ad, life admin things lately. Cool. Just getting some, putting some ducks in order. Yep. Um, shooting yep. shooting for glory. Shooting. Okay. You know, I'm 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 Jordan. <laughs> no, it's it's game seven. There's a few sports analogies coming yeah, out here. I, I'm a sportsman. Okay. I'm a sport. If people know me, they think Dan mm. sportsman. So what's your stretch goal at the moment? What are you? I don't really have one. It's just been a good couple of weeks. We I went to Newcastle on the weekend to play some D and D with ah, some of my friends very nice. and with and cat. That was fun. Yeah, cool. Um, you took your cat. Took my cat. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah just in a cage. Um, okay, okay. We went to the Hunter on the way home. Ooh. Popped into a couple of wineries wow. and went to the chocolate factory. How nice! And it was Valentine's Day. Ah, special. And we also went out for dinner. Cool. Uh, so that was our Sunday. Cool. And it's awesome. Yeah. And then yeah, trying to buy a house is mm. is the main thing going mm. on for me. Mm. So um just getting a few things in order with finance before before we really dive into that process. So that's been you Tricky know process. that's always a journey in itself. Oh. It's a journey in itself. Especially in the current real estate market where we live. Yeah. <laughs> listen, you know, if if I had the choice between buying a house right now or um you know getting the same amount of money for stabbing myself in the leg repeatedly <laughs> with a fork i'd probably choose stab myself in the leg repeatedly with a fork uh yeah, yeah. it's it's expensive yeah it's definitely expensive mm. maybe wages will catch up one day to house prices <laughs> uh, yeah it doesn't look that way does it like the economy it hasn't happened yet so um, strange and, just... and, and you know and we're not you know, we own a, a firm on the Central Coast. Mm. We do fine, but we're not rolling in in rivers of gold. But but you know, we're we're probably better off than than mm. the average mm. um, person. You know, living mm. on the Central Coast in the same area, but not yeah. not by huge amounts. But but you know, we're, what we're I'm at least to say average. Is we're, we're at least and average. We're struggling to. It's hard to buy a house. It's hard to buy a house. It's very hard to buy a house. Yeah. yeah, it's and we're not that young. Not that young. God damn! I turned thirty-one this year. Yep. Life's almost over. Yeah, that's the fun. Look, Dan, on a positive note, mm. we do turn 31 this year. We do. But you said good to great before. Yeah. Well, I've got something excellent for you. Oh. My VO2 max. Your VO2 max. <clears throat> yeah. So, it's a little calculation uh, based on my heart rate and breathing patterns. Yeah. And uh, my Garmin tells me that I have the fitness age of a 20-year-old. Whoa, how about that? Yeah. I'm like, excellent. Then there is one that's one I above that. How do I that? Uh, I'm not sure because you have an Apple Watch. So. All right. I'm going to find this you and should figure it back. out. Because my fitness age is 20 and I'm going to go upstairs and tell our 21-year-old junior accountant that I'm technically younger than him physically. Uh, he also wanted me to tell you for some strange reason, I was meant to tell you this off air, that you smell slightly worse than normal. <laughs> I don't know if that is related to an earlier conversation <laughs> you've had with him, but he was very strict on me telling you this. Joe, if you're listening, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. um, cool. So, great fitness. And this is probably because of all the hiking you've been doing, Tim. You're right, actually. Yeah, so on Valentine's Day, Jade and I did a lovely 22-kilometer hike. Yeah, up, up to at, uh, uh, top of Mount Kosciuszko. Yeah, the summit of Mount Kosciuszko. It was bloody brilliant. I would recommend it. Yeah, that sounds, everybody. That sounds wonderful. 
And they had to drive seven hours to get there. But, uh, but ah, yeah, 1,500 kilometers later and, uh, and it was a great hike. So, yeah. Ooh. Well worth it. VO2 max. I can look at it. Really? What does your say? Because, it, yeah. Uh, to unlock this trend, I need at least five VO2 max readings. Ah, so you just need to turn it on. You need to turn on your I VO2 I need to turn max. on the VO2 max. Yeah. So, I'll let you know. Yeah, cool. All right, tracker. I'd like to know how yeah, old you are. Probably Fitness 40. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, actually, I had that read to me once and because I was I weighed a bit more at the time. Yep. And it wasn't like any calculation of actual heart rate. It was mm. just based on other things. Mm. It was like 40. And I was like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I was stoked to see 20. Yeah. Like, I haven't been doing that much fitness lately. But mm. um, yeah, I don't know how it came up with that. But I'm going to believe it. Okay, <laughs> it's true. It's real. It's real. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, Tim, let's dive into some real content here. Mm. Business update. Oh, business update. I've got one. Have you? I Good. Got, I got two. Oh, great. Excellent. Because I, I don't have any. Cool. Right Good. Uh, the first one is, have you been watching what's happened to the whole Crown Casino saga? No. So, is it to do with JobKeeper? No. Okay. Um, basically, there was an inquiry held around their fitness to be a casino license holder in New South Wales. Really? And it was found that they're not. What? And they're currently opening up that new Brangaroo Casino for high rollers. And it was all associated with, um, one, they said that all directors were acting as essentially lackeys for, um, what's his face? James Packer. James Packer. Mm. So, they were saying even though he was no longer a director, they were taking his instructions. His instructions. Wow. Um, but two, uh, they were saying because of their dealings with certain um, intermediaries that bring in high rollers from China and other places, they were all associated with organized crime. What? And it just came out that they were basically like, yeah, because of their associations with organized crime in overseas locations. Oh my God. You guys can't hold this license here. So they've got this oh. giant casino tower. <laughs> oh my God. That is not allowed to be a casino for the, until they show that they've been able to improve it. Wow. And now there's a whole bunch of questions. Apparently they're going to wipe the board completely slate of all senior management, everything. And um, because a lot of them knew about all this stuff and just kind of didn't do anything. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of questions in Victoria about why didn't their gaming board pick this up? Right. Like they've just been signing off on them kind of thing. Oh. Like, yeah, you can continue with the casino. Right. Right. So, yeah, so it's all fine down in Victoria. Apparently, but it's the same company. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it's just That's been interesting hectic. to watch that unfold. That, yeah. Um, yeah. That is very interesting. I like that. That's a, that's a really excellent business update. Yeah. The other quick one is um, if, if you're listening overseas, you might not know this, but a lot of movies right now are being filmed here mm. in Australia because yep. our COVID rates are really good. Um, the working conditions can be rather normal. Mm -hmm. um, and so, a lot of big budget productions have moved. So, a lot of, a lot of the Marvel movies are being filmed here right now. Yep. Um, a lot is happening. There's a lot of celebrities living here at the moment, filming stuff. Um, yeah, a few years ago, didn't Disney buy Fox Studios or something like that? Yeah, and, well? and, and I think Mar yeah, Mar like, it's all happening here. There's, there's yeah. lots, you know, just a few people that apparently live here at the moment are like Tom Hanks, Matt Damon, Melissa mm. McCarthy, all these wow. people are here, Zac Efron. Filming staff Zach living Efron. here. Yeah. Lots of people. Yeah. Mr. Byron Bay. Mr. Byron Bay. Well, apparently, I think they all live in Byron Bay. <laughs> yeah. um, but 
so that's great great for our economy yeah. great for our film industry yeah. but there's a few people coming out and saying yeah it's great and there's a sugar hit of money they're calling it mm. but it's strangling local production because they can't actually they can't access nowhere. anything yeah, for them to film all the film sets are exactly wow. so this article was today on the ABC okay. um, saying that yeah there's a concern that Australian stories are going to get left out because we're filming so many overseas things here interesting so if but if the demand for our services continue then they could just build more facilities mm. you'd think well there is there is a push for that yeah. I mean it's not yeah, it's not confidential. Um, yeah. There is someone on the Central Coast looking to build yeah. a film studio. Yeah. So, they're going to need a lot of government backing and support. Exactly. But well, if it can bring this much money in, then Imagine. Why not? There's definitely a case for it. Mm, absolutely. It's, it's interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. Anyway, I thought that was another- That's a good one. Interesting topic. Yeah. I mean, um, I, want, for one, want to look into more accounting issues around- Filming. Yeah. And the film industry. Absolutely. I would like to know more about that. I've got one more for you, Dan. Go for it. And technically, this is yours. Okay. But I've remembered to use it. Yeah, I think I wrote one down, actually. Go on. It is Microsoft publicly backing the federal Ah, government's proposed news media bargaining code, suggesting its search engine Bing could fill the gap if Google follows through on a threat to leave the Australian market. So, I found this fascinating (laughs) yeah uh, essentially what's happening for for those overseas as well you might not know is that the australian government has been debating this new legislation they want to put through to essentially make people like google and facebook pay the news content creators Mm. for the news they put on their websites and now this isn't usually just like a google search for abc or something this is actually in the news section of google yeah okay i think that's what it is that that, that they, if they if they're getting money from it they should pay the content creators Definitely. yeah right and so yeah, that's that's the argument yep that seems fair anyway Especially google because they're like the richest companies on earth yeah exactly mm. so google obviously don't want this to become a precedent around the world so they're stamping down rather hard on australia at mm. the moment and they're using their significant influence yeah and if you Google anything at the moment, a little thing pops up and tells you. Yeah, it does. And basically what they're saying is, if this goes through, we're taking Google out of Australia. Mm. So, there will be some things left over, like I'm assuming Gmail and that yeah. kind of stuff will still be here. But Google is a search engine yeah. or maybe just the news function yeah. won't exist in this country anymore. And that's massive. <coughs> that's huge. Because, you know, the word, I'm going to Google it. You yeah. know, Google is a... Is a verb now it's literally it's, it's, a verb yeah, yeah so yeah so there's this big debate and everyone's like oh should should they do it then you know we're not going to have google we're going to be missing out yeah so microsoft turns around and says we'll support it <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll use bing yeah we'll upgrade it to be similar to what google mm-hmm. is right now mm. and go for it yeah so uh, microsoft isn't covered by the current legislation but mm. it would be willing to follow the proposed rules yeah um and and so yeah it's it's they're saying bing is comparable to our competitors. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's it say here? Microsoft will ensure that small businesses who wish to transfer their advertising to Bing can do so simply and with no transfer costs. <laughs> How it's great is that? It's fascinating. It's fascinating. I just love that Microsoft just looked at that and went, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Go for asked, it, asked earlier this week about <laughs> Google's threat to withdraw from Australia. Mr. Morrison said Microsoft would be pretty happy if they did. <laughs> wow. 
So, um, yeah, uh, this was actually back on the 3rd of Feb. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what's happened <coughs> since then. I haven't read any new articles, but I just thought that was really fascinating. So, listeners, fill us in if you uh, have some opinions yeah. on Google. Let us know. Do you yeah. think it's a good thing mm. or is it a bad thing? Yeah. Call in right now Call on in. Dan's mobile phone number. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Tim, do you have a tight ass tip? Oh, tight ass tip. Uh, y- yes. Uh, this week's tight ass tip, Dan, mm. is carpool. 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 Yeah, nice. I did a lot of driving on the weekend mm-hmm. and we all got to share the expensive parking that you have to pay up mm. in the mountains yeah. in Australia. Because as per our previous tight ass tips, you do pay to park <laughs> in national parks. Got some feedback on that yeah. one, didn't you? More feedback than, uh, than support messages, really. Yeah. <laughs> Good review. That's true. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, if you carpool, there's a lot of benefits. Obviously, you save petrol. Mm-hmm. Only one person has to drive. That's a really big benefit. That's good. Uh, less wear and tear on vehicles. Less wear and tear on the road. Mm-hmm. Less pollution. Less all, traffic. All good things. So you save time because there's less cars on the road. Yep. If more people could share cars, the world would be a better place, Dan. Yeah, well, there are a few of those apps out there that's like car share that... You know, that little box goes on your car with the keys and people go, I'm going to drive that and they go from here to here. And That's a bit weird. I'm not yeah. sure that one. There's all things that people mm. have the same philosophy is what yep. I'm getting at. Carpool lanes to encourage people to carpool. Really, Dan? Me and you should carpool to work. We live almost near each other. We do. And we work in the same place. We do. The, the only trouble We should put some incentives in for our staff to carpool. Yeah, it's a good idea. Saving them money. Yeah. And saving the environment. Yeah. Even better, we should actually ride to work like we said. We'll go yes. one, at least once a week. That's my title for next week. That's a fifth of the petrol. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You could add that up. That's a fair bit. It's a lot. It's a fair bit. It's a lot. It'd be a good ride. Yeah. Anyway. So that's, that's a great that's, one. That's Carpool. it. Carpool. Yeah. I like it. Mm. All right. Let's move on to our main topic. So that was a huge long intro this week. Uh, was that 20 minutes? Wow. Our main topic uh, this week is actually something that we've talked the different elements about at different points, but you often hear the term business risk. Mm. Risk. You've got to manage your risk. And as a small business owner, most people don't know what that means. Yeah. What's business risk? No idea. What's, yeah. what's my risk? So this week's topic mm. is, what are the risks in my business? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a, talking business risk it's an alarming thing. When mm. you hear those words, you're like, oh, business risk. Mm. I, I should do something about this. I need to minimize risk. But there's no prescribed activity mm. f- to go out and try and fix that yeah. or alleviate that or put measure- things in place yeah. to, to stop risk from affecting you. Yeah. Essentially, if, if you're an old school or, or you know, you've been going through a small business course or something, you would have heard of like a SWOT analysis. Mm. The risks are kind of the weaknesses and the threats. Yeah. Or yeah. the lack of action on the opportunities and your strengths, you know. But, that's true. But, that's but, true. But essentially, that's the best way to look at it. And there's all yeah. different types of risks in your business. Mm. And, and we'll go through some of the categories that, you know, we can just easily rattle off. But, yeah. but essentially, you know, they can be internal to your business. They can be external to your business. Mm. The biggest one right now on everyone's mind is COVID. Yeah, so that's a really great example mm. because um, there's a risk there that's external. Yeah. Um, 
And potentially there's there's things you could be doing to try and minimize that risk from affecting you. Yeah. So, as an example, if you're a holiday in, mm. <clears throat> um, then maybe, uh, and, and, and you're working in the, the quarantine uh, business, yeah. then, then maybe don't let people um, use a, a steaming machine. Uh, yeah, humidifier. <laughs> humidifier. <laughs> that would probably be a risk to avoid. Yeah, exactly. But on a smaller scale, if you're a cafe, a gym, that's kind of just doing the things that are going to make sure cleanliness is maintained mm-hmm. and the compliance is regulated with. Yeah, because there's actually a lot of little individual risks within that broad category. There's the risk of you being negligent to the safety of your employees during COVID. True. There's legal risks around HR with your employees. True. Um, but there's also significant business and sales risk that if suddenly you have to shut up shop, mm. um, you're not going to get the sales from those days. Yeah. So are you able to pivot on and off very quickly to take away and not take yeah, away? True. Are true. you able to um, you know, adapt quickly to new restrictions that come in? These are all under that category of risk, but it's, it's so varied and so wide. It's so varied, but and, and it sounds silly, like we're talking about things which people have obviously thought of, but mm. if you don't go through a list of the risks that are relevant to you, mm. then you could miss these silly things. Mm. And then once it's too late, you mm. look at it and you're like, wow, I could have easily have stopped that from happening. So yeah. that's what this is about. It's, it's controlling what you can control, putting, yeah. putting things in place, to minimize those risks or prevent um, a serious loss from occurring. Yeah, H- having con- contingency plans in yeah. place in, ca- in, in the face of this. So, yeah. what, what I would do in this situation is, is literally come up with a list. Mm. I, would, I would brainstorm. I mm. might have certain categories I'm looking at, which we'll go through in a second. Yeah. And you write it down. What is the risk? What would happen if, like, you yeah. know, if this occurred? What would happen to my business? Yeah. What are ways that I can minimize that risk right now? Yep, perfect, perfect. So let's let's go through through some broad categories, and maybe we can pick out a few things that we think would be worrying to us in those categories. Yeah, let's just put like let's use our own business as an example. Great so, idea. Cool. Great idea. All right. All right. So shareholders. Yeah, shareholders. Okay. So Dan and I are business partners. Yep. Um, if we had a falling out. Um, and a disagreement, or if one of us passed away, yeah. What happens to the shares? Yeah. So yeah, and I think they're two different risks. I think mm. if there's a disagreement, how do you handle that yep. as shareholders? Yeah. And then the other side is if one of us suddenly dies, what happens then? Do we? Mm. You know, does their spouse suddenly own half of my business? Yeah. Or or do we have a mitigation in place mm. such as key man insurance yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah, so that is definitely some risks to identify there. What happens to your structure in the event that a significant member of that structure mm. either has a disagreement mm. or dies? There's also even, you, you've got to think about things like um, if, if we hold the shares individually, Dan, mm. I'm married. Mm. Now, there's a good chance that Jade wakes up one day and realizes Wow, Tim, mm. Tim's so below me. I'm a 10 and he's like at least... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. He's at least uh, seven and a half. Yeah, Tim's definitely older. Even, even though he has a physical age of 20, uh, his mental age will never resent... <laughs> Damn it, <laughs> I hit the wrong one. <laughs> Go on, sorry. <laughs> 
that was a little bit sus though. Um, yeah, so I've got a very young physical age. Mm. But anyway, the point is she might leave me and then, yep. and then what happens? You know, um, then potentially there's a marriage breakdown. There's a marriage breakdown. And does she go for a share of my shares? Yeah. And so you've got to think about these things you do and, and put measures in place to try and minimize risk around that. And, and so we therefore, consider that. <laughs> a, mitigating, <laughs> a mitigating factor would be a shareholders agreement. Yep. And that lists what happens in those scenarios. Yep. Exactly. So Perfect. great one. Uh, on. Next one on the list, directors. So mm. uh, uh, as a director of a company, you need to ensure that you're meeting the minimum director's duties. Otherwise, you personally... Yeah. Or other directors could be liable for some of the debts of the business, Definitely. of a company. Definitely. So, if you're a sole trader or a partnership, this doesn't matter mm. as much. You're always liable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. But if, if you are a director of a company, there are things you need to maintain, such as uh, ensuring that tax and other compliance factors are being handled. So, yep. definitely been lodged plans in place to pay them if not already paid them mm. super is paid on time and if not notified if not it's going to be paid late exactly mm. um not trading while you know you're insolvent mm. that's a, a big, big one. one that's a massive one now there was some loosening of the restrictions around that during covid um but that's it that's ending or mm. ended mm. um i don't actually not sure if it has ended yet but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was only to the end of the year um yeah so, yeah, so there, there are some things that you need to be aware of, just basic director's duties. Now, yeah. most small businesses listening to this aren't going to be thinking about that as their main concern. So, yeah. these are just two of the owner and manager roles that you need to think about um, the risks associated with those things. Yep. All right, Tim. What have we got next? What about your products and your mm. services that you deliver? What are some of the risks that you can be faced with around there? Yeah, I mean, like, what if your products are faulty? Um, so, in in our business, that's that's service. So it's advice. Mm. A risk there would be advice that causes damage, mm. um, and therefore we get sued. Yep. So um, to mitigate that risk, you could use quality control. Yep. You could make sure that you're only operating. Um, or giving advice around areas that you're licensed to and yep. that you're qualified in. Yep. Um, and you could have professional indemnity insurance. Exactly. So, I guess in that way, like a few of those things don't cost you anything. Mm. It's just systems. Yeah. And then the last one is, is insurance, which costs you money, but um, that's kind of like a save all yeah. <laughs> on a very bad occasion yeah we're all human we can all make mistakes mm -hmm. so that's what this is about one thing that comes to my mind which kind of crosses over with perhaps operations side of things is supply chain issues yeah true so true. what if you can't yeah you know, what if you're that's true if you're solely reliant on mm. a manufacturer mm. of the product that you sell yep. and sometimes this might be unavoidable let's say you're a a franchisee of something that you sell their products and you True. need to buy their products, then there's no way you can't be re not True. be reliable on that person. But True. if you sell, I don't know, let's just say you sell phone cases. Yep. And if you get all of your phone cases manufactured out of one mm. factory in China and you import it into the country and 
suddenly there are increased tensions between Australia and China and things are taking a long time to get out of the yep. country. Yep. Or another another problem, let's just say the factory has problems. Mm. That one factory's machine breaks and it yep. can't do something for another three weeks. Yep. And you need all of those products to sell. Mm. Suddenly, you might go several weeks without any stock. That's not good. That's because, scary. Yeah. A, you're going to have unhappy customers. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've got a really desirable product. Yeah. Um, and B, they may go find another product to replace that. You, and you might completely run out of cash flow. You might be relying on that stock Definitely. coming in to sell to pay for other costs, that loan repayments, other things that are coming yeah, in. Exactly. You, you've set up all these overheads. You yeah. might have a warehouse where you were planning to put all that stock. Exactly. Or um, full-time employees to pick and pack orders. Mm-hmm. Um, ongoing advertising and website costs. Yep. So, so yeah, it's, that's a really good one. I like that one. And if you were going to put it in the perspective of, say, the accounting firm, that could be a key staff member. Yeah, exactly. Who Linchpin redundancy. Yeah, that, the, they're a staff member who's the only person in the office that knows how to do a particular job or task. Yep. That would be a serious issue if they became ill or left mm-hmm. because you've then lost their knowledge and skill. So that's coming back to spreading, um, spreading out a bit like spreading your suppliers. Yeah, spread the knowledge costs. base. Spread the knowledge base. Yeah, build a system where anyone could do the job. It's Not the anyone, exact same philosophy. It's mm. do you have systems in place so more than one person can do those things? Mm. Do you have systems in place that if your one manufacturer, um, your usual manufacturer, has problems delivering the product in time, mm. you can quickly ramp up a second manufacturer yep. to get them to you earlier. Redundancies. Build in, build in redundancies. Build in redundancies in your supplier and service chain. I like it. Nice. I like it. All right. So the next one, uh, operations is another category, but it kind of falls in the same thing. You know, having systems in mm. place, having mm. um, more than one person or supplier that knows these things. These that all falls under the operations side yeah. of things. So I think that category is kind of covered. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Sales. Now, the same way that you can have a problem with one supplier. You might have a problem with one customer. Yeah, that's that's, that's very risk. true, and and it is a risk that a lot of businesses have. Um, some become reliant on a very large business, or even potentially the government. Yep. Um, for for funding and support. Yep. And therefore, when that changes or when that's threatened, the entire business needs to change. Yeah. It's basically uprooted. Yeah. And and changed radically. So let's just say, uh, as an example, let's say the same phone yep. case manufacturer. Yeah. Uh, I've got them Im- uh, imported into the country. I have this warehouse. Mm. I supply, I'm the supplier of phone cases mm. to the phone case shop yep. chain. It's a made up chain. That, you know, there might not be made, it might be one called <laughs> that, but I'm making one up. Yeah. Um, and they buy phone cases for me and it's enough that that's all the cases I need to sell to make my profit. Yeah. Yeah. What if they decide to buy 30% less phones from me? Mm. What if because of their quantity and relative strength, um, they force you to lower your prices? Yep. What if they decide to go with another supplier altogether? Your business in each of those circumstances, because of the significant power they have over you being the Mm. one customer, Mm. they can force your prices down. Mm. And also, if they just decide to change, 
then your business no longer exists yeah. or is significantly less profitable. You might even find, um, especially like in the current economy, which is mm. producing some funny results, that whole sectors of the economy are shut down, mm. um, like tourism, for example. Yeah. And they've had to look for new and varied customers mm -hmm. with their existing equipment and service. So, so, yeah, what if there's a risk around the economy and, yeah. and particular customers that you've always had no longer desiring your product or service? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. These are all concerns. So, in the same situation, let's say instead of having that one customer, I now have 20 different major customers yeah. and one of those customers decides to buy 20% less cases... It's a hit, but it's it doesn't far matter less. as much. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's a problem. You still need to think about it, yeah. but your business can continue, and you might make less orders to each of those people. I'm not mm. saying go out and find 20 more of the same size customers. No. It might be that it's you know just as a percentage of your mm. sales, mm. that one supply, like one customer, is less. And this is an example of where if you do do a risk register yeah. or write down your risks, you mm. should look back from time to time, whether it be six months. Mm. 12 months and check in because things change. So, uh, your business will adapt and change. And then all of a sudden you may have a customer without even thinking about it that is 50% of your revenue. Yeah. Um, and so, you'd want to build in some safeties yeah. around that. You may even want to go and reduce some of that yeah. <laughs> and try and sell to other customers yeah. if you only have a certain amount of quantity that you can sell. So Exactly. Yeah, and then there's also just, I mean, from a service um, perspective, like the accounting firm again. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk about niching, but we've seen, you know, if you niched in tourism or hospitality, um, that would have been really, really hard on your accounting firm. Absolutely. Because those businesses were unfortunately worst hit yeah. through COVID. So, or you might have been able to help them a lot last year, but not as many of those businesses might continue into the future. Yeah. And maybe suddenly it's not last year you struggled, it's this year. That's true. Exactly right. So, potentially a risk is having only one type of customer. Yeah. That could be a strength though, but it comes with a risk. Comes with a risk. And and each of these risks that we're mentioning, as, as Tim just said, they kind of need to be evaluated. And if you think it's an acceptable risk for your business, mm. then that's fine. Yeah. You could probably do a bit of a rating system. Yeah. Am I right? Which I think is in that register. Yeah, you can. Mm. Um, so, next one on the list here is the category of finance, which really just means your numbers. Mm. I'm going to split this a little bit. Okay, yep. I'm going to say money, mm. which encompasses cash flow, loans, other things. Cool, yeah. And the second one is compliance. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So, yep. I like it. Money. Money. Cash flow. Mm. Do you have... Um, significant risk in the way that customers pay you do you have significant risk in suppliers demanding a lot of money up front true um do you have large balloon repayments coming up on loans mm. um mm. do you have a large amount of debt what's your cost structure like mm. do you have a heavy amount of overheads yep um or is your business streamlined and efficient mm. and um you're relying on on margins and quantity so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So, do you run off very low margin but high quantity mm. and therefore your cost of goods sold are a measure you really need to nail down all yep. the time? Yep. These are some of the risks with your business, depending on how you operate, that you need to evaluate.
Yeah. Uh, the other side of that is compliance. Mm -hmm. Compliance is the bedrock of your business. If you don't yeah. lodge and pay your tax and pay the super mm -hmm. and do everything that you're meant to be doing, well then quite quickly and easily your business can be shut down yeah. and heavily penalized and you go under. Definitely. I mean, we, we saw a repercussion that was unexpected during COVID. If you weren't compliant, you couldn't get JobKeeper. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You couldn't get cash flow boost. Mm -hmm. If you were behind and you hadn't lodged, you couldn't get those things. Yeah. So, so that is very important as well. And that's a risk that you need to be reviewing. Um, mm -hmm. Admin and tech. Are you reliant on an outdated tech? Mm. Are you reliant? Is your business website running off something that yeah. might not meet security measures anymore and yeah. suddenly needs to be updated? Yeah. Is there a certain software that's holding it over you? Yeah. <clears throat> Which is affecting the quality of your service mm -hmm. and the success of your business. Yep. I would say 10 years ago, like MYOB <laughs> for <laughs> accountants. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're still an accountant using MYOB, MYOB. <laughs> <laughs> still open to getting the MYOB CEO in Australia onto the show if he's ever Mate, interested. we'd love a chat to see what the future is. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's a massive part in this day and age. If, if you're selling goods online if, and you've got a website that breaks down every, every two days, your business is, is going to have a lot of risk. Yeah. Um, if you have a... If you're selling things mm. and you don't have an accurate record of your stock, yep. that's going to be risky. Yep. You could be selling things you don't even have. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, I think tech is a really interesting one. Uh, do you have an online data system that can easily be hacked? Do you not Ooh, have yeah. the correct password and security measures and two-factor authentication or restrictions to what your staff members can access? That's a big one. That could be a confidential information breach. That's a big one for the accounting firm yep. analogy. Exactly. Mm, and anyone that has customer information. Yep. So, yeah. That's a good uh, one. Another one here is is HR. HR is massive. There's so much risk in HR. There is so much risk, and really, this requires its own episode. But <laughs> it does. but I, I think just ensuring, you know, just doing a minimum check every yeah. now and then to be like, am I paying the minimum wage for these people? Are they getting the leave and entitlements they're meant mm. to be getting? If we're hiring and firing, are we doing that correctly? Yeah. Are you providing them with that one page? Mm. document that you're meant to be giving new employees yeah. that no one does because <laughs> yeah. if you're not you're technically not compliant for hr purposes are you uh, yeah so is are you complying to the award exactly um minimum award standards yeah i mean that that's there's, there's jail penalties for people underpaying yeah knowingly underpaying it was in the news um only like well, feels like a lifetime ago now but woolies and everyone yeah. else that were paying everyone yeah. far i'm pretty sure it was woolies woolies and might have been woolies and coles yeah one of them Sorry, yeah. the other one. Um, yes. So, yeah, that's interesting. So, the last one that I kind of want to bring up is, is more to do with the external factors in, mm. in the business. So, that's... Environment. Environment, government. Mm. Political. Um, political. All these things can affect Ooh. your business pretty significantly. And we've seen that. And, you know, in the past, people have been like, oh, the government, apart from tax changes, what can they do? Well, if you were in Melbourne in the last two weeks, they can they stop can your business you from operating. Yeah, I mean... We know in the last election, Labor was talking about limiting family trusts. Yep. 
there's a massive change. Massive change. Um, there's been legislative changes to the way that self-managed super funds can borrow. Mm-hmm. Um, tax rates change all the time. Yep. So, uh, we've got the insolvency rules. Yep. Changing. We've got COVID and the way that's ma- making government um, decide on things like hospitality. They, have, they had to wear masks for so yeah. long. In the US, they were doing um, like the government could force a company to provide certain equipment to them. Like, wow. Like know, wartime. Like sort of. wartime legislation, basically. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Headphones just went funny. That's weird. <laughs> um, yeah, so these are all things. And also, as Tim said before, environmental factors that could be a risk. The biggest one in Australia in the past two years is, is bushfire, obviously. But pollution is another. Yeah, true. Environmental changes. That is that is absolutely... Uh, climate change, uh, mm-hmm. water rising, you know, all these sorts yeah. of things. Uh, are you tourism on the Great Barrier Reef and currently the reef is disintegrating before your eyes and it's going to be a problem in 20 years for you do you rely on a high amount of electricity in your business yep and therefore electricity prices if they go up will that mean that you can't make profits yep anymore absolutely um are you a wedding venue based in rural bush australia Mm. and there's a giant bushfire (sighs) yeah that happened so many risks. Yeah. Every business is different. I think you'll, you'll get what we're saying here. Every business is different. <laughs> you need to consider your own risks. Correct. And you will know better than anyone else what your risks yep. are, but write them down and look at them from time to time and just be aware of them. Just ask yourself, am I doing enough to mitigate this risk? Yeah. And as Tim said before, rate them. Not every risk is created equal. So find the risks that are the biggest concern to you and then uh, go from there. So if, if it's a big concern for your business, um, put it as like a 10. If it's a mild concern yep. for your business, put it as like a two. And then all you need to do at that point is tackle the biggest one first. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. Spot on. All right. Well, I think that's our main topic today. Tim, do you have another thing? I do, I do. Actually, I've got a, I've got a funny one. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, Dan. Yeah. I found out that my dad was in a boy band. What? <laughs> well, you know how we were talking about the Beatles on the podcast the other week. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, um, when I went, Mum and Dad, you know, listen to every week's podcast. Yeah. Probably shout out Warren and Carrie. Yeah. Very big fans of the show. Yeah. And um, dad was talking about how back in school, the Beatles were making it very big. Yeah, yeah. And in year four or five, um, they had, um, they called it uh, Beatles Club. <laughs> <laughs> Did they and, play instruments or no, they was didn't it play just instruments. singing? So, it was so a real boy band. Four, yeah. Four or five of them would just go and catch up in the afternoon and learn a song and then they'd come in the next day and all the school teachers got around it and they were like, all right, so we're going to have the uh, the Beatles Club do another song for us. And then they'd just get up and sing the song just with no music. <laughs> acapella style. Yeah. Just, just singing it from I just, memory. I can just imagine Warren. <laughs> love, love me do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we're listening to the Beatles just like, yeah, yeah, I think this was one of the songs we did and there was like several. It was pretty funny. That so is classic. I wrote down on my phone, found out my dad was in a boy band. 
<laughs> that is brilliant. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> he'll get a laugh out of that when he listens to this too. Uh, so, I don't know how to beat that, but um, <laughs> have you ever heard the article? And, and a lot of other shows, you know, I think maybe even like Hamish and Andy or someone yeah, yeah. have done this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the reason I'm currently holding this lead pencil. <laughs> okay. Have you heard of the thing where people like start with a paperclip and they trade up to a house? I have. I have. Yes. So, I was talking to um, the Foz and, okay. and other friend of the podcast, Bill. Yep. And um, the, the that idea was floated by me mm. to say, you know, all we need to do is start with this paperclip and yeah. you know, things can get moving. Yeah. So, I put down a challenge. I said, well, let's do it. Yeah. Let's see who can get something bigger. Yeah. Um, and about two weeks ago, I said, right, I'm going to start with these two paperclips and we'll see where I go. <laughs> I traded Beck for this lead pencil and that's oh about as far God. as I got. Oh, my God. But... What I, are you going to try and do with... That's a pretty nice looking pencil. I've got to say, like, that's new. definitely an upgrade from paperclips. Well, I calculated it. It's a 2B. The, the, it was this... Um, what was it? I think it was like a 65 times increase in value from the paperclip wow. to the pencil. That's, uh, <laughs> that's massive. Right? Yeah. But now you need to do that again with the pencil. Now I need to do this again with the pencil. And I, I, and I thought, here's something genius that no one else has done, Tim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can start with a paperclip and earn a house, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if you start with two paperclips? <laughs> You're trying to get a house and then maybe you can end up with two. So, I've got another paperclip. If anyone wants to trade me, <laughs> I'm putting it out there. I will get something of better value. You can have a two drunk accountants paperclip or Ooh. 2B lead pencil. 2B, 2B. It yeah. was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good looking pencil. I'm trying it's to think of anything I want to trade for that. Well, Tim, mm. you know, make me an offer. We'll see how we go. I mean, <laughs> if you want, we could compete. You could start with your own paperclip and then we'll just see where we, we go. Each, each week, up, update. Update. I oh, think that's funny. All right. Okay. Do it. Well, so, I need to start with two paperclips. Oh, I haven't traded the other one. So, if someone con- contacts me and wants a trade for okay. paperclip, I'll do it. All but right. but I'll, I'm happy to start with okay. what I've done so far. One paperclip. All right. All right. Well, that Good. brings us to the end of the podcast this week. Thank you for listening, everybody. It was great to be back yep. on the mic with Dan and Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you look at me like that? I don't know. <laughs> on the mic with Dan and Tim. Uh, uh, we hope you've enjoyed it and we'll speak to you next week. Thank you, everybody. And we will calculate. you later.